The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power. Hi everyone, I am Macca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, the show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. Joining me as co-host, as always, we got Fishing Rick. You are Macca19 and I'm Valvoline, know what you mean. Oh yeah. Very, That's very right. cool. Yeah. How, How are, are you, buddy? mate? I'm very good. New microphone, new beginnings. Oh, shit Looking is forward getting to this. serious, it is. Macca. Shit is getting serious. I heard a rumour that you actually took me seriously when I said we were going to end up on Channel 44 Got yourself a new mic, losing all these kilos for the TV. Getting a bit of a head of yourself there, mate. Look, all I've got to do is grow my hair back and we'll be, we'll be right, I think. Uh, speak to Shane Warren. He can help you there. Yep, indeed. And look back on the podcast for the first time in 2015 is our good mate, Harold Oliver. How's it going, gentlemen? Very How well. I don't have a fancy microphone, though. Why not? I'm not a, you know, one of those moderator gods from Big City. But, but you're, a, you're a repeat guest, so you should know now the expectation on you has stepped up that you uh, you need to provide for the, for the masses <laughs> and the fans out there. Uh, perhaps New Vision will sponsor me a new microphone. <laughs> Why not? I'm sponsoring everything like else. Come on board. Get into it. Yes. Well, look, first things first, I just want to talk about the uh, the player sponsor. We've signed off today for the 2015 Port Adelaide Bigfooty player sponsor, who is Nathan Cracker. So I think uh, that's a pretty good thing, having Crack back on board. Brilliant. I reckon it's great. I think it shows that how big a community and moral fine citizens Bigfooty legends are because... We can obviously move on from our grudges and we, we don't linger on to hate and, and we've accepted Nathan back as one of our own. That's right. And I think it's around about, it would be up around the twenty-five dollars to $30,000 mark we've raised for the club over the last uh, three or four seasons with this uh, player sponsorship business. So uh, it's going very well. I think we've done a fantastic job. That is huge. Big coin. It is big coin. Brilliant effort, gentlemen. It is. You say you're proud, Harold? Very, very proud. Yeah. Almost got an immediate there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think seriously, though, I think the, the club also respects what the, the community does and our, our influence. And, um, you know, they reward us with um, extra rights uh, with the podcast, but also the respect they give us in other facets and with the access to players and, and what they do. And, you know, it just really shows, again, how the, the footy club is connected to all its community sources, no matter how big or small they are, and, and they're very respectful to all of it. And it reinforces what Ben was saying with me a couple of weeks ago. We're obviously all very proud to be part of this club. Indeed. A huge thank you to Costa Malonis and also Tim Jennifer for tailoring another package for us Um with a few extra goodies uh, thrown in as well. So a big, huge thank you for them. You could, uh, you could argue that we are a little bit high maintenance, aren't we, sometimes? Oh, <laughs> no doubt, I think. <laughs> no doubt they've got a lot of easier uh, business customers than what we are. But, you know, good on them for, uh, for being able to tailor a package that uh, suits our needs, which is great. And do you know what's even more important is the fact that... Um, New Vision has got Jasper Pittard as their player sponsor for 2015. 
How concerning is that? Isn't that fantastic, people? <laughs> this Imagine is a huge what, concern. Imagine what's going to happen at player sponsor and I. Oh, it's my going to be goodness. exciting. Speaking yeah. of immediates. Yeah. Oh, yes. Alert the authorities. Oh, if, no. Uh, if he's MIA uh, after that. <laughs> we'll know uh, exactly where he is. They come knocking. All right? it's, uh, he won't come back. We'll be having a few, knocking back a few beers on the decking and uh, chatting about the world of footy and, and all He's going to request a trade at the end of the season. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> his, uh, his value is going to go up by the end of the year. With all my wisdom, mate, he'll be a uh, top 10 league player in the, uh, in the AFL. As I said, I reckon he'll be All-Australian this yep. season. I reckon he's got it in him. Brownlow medalist. Let's not go back. overboard. Halfback uh, flanker of the century. Norm Smith, maybe. Brownlow, maybe next year. You never know. We're getting there. That's it. Well, look, let's get into week two of our team previews where we're going to have a look at the other clubs in the AFL, um, see what we can expect from them when we face them in 2015. Uh, we did Adelaide to Frio last week, so we'll start off with Geelong this week. Uh, we play them once. Uh, another uh, amazing thing, we play them at home on a Friday night, round 11. Uh, obviously, we played them once last year as well, round 6, which was a huge 40-point win to uh, to get the monkey off the back against Geelong. How do we see them going this year? Well, I've been expecting the imminent decline of Geelong for like the last three years. So, um, again, I'll probably call it out that I, I think they're, they're probably their, their star is fading um, but they've still got enough guns uh, to get over the line. I mean, last year they, they had, what, seven games under single digits or 12 points or something that they got over the line with. So, you know, they, they were good closers of games last year. So can they keep that up? I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. As you said, I think they're still heavily reliant on their players who are over 30, guys like Bartell, Kelly, Johnson, um, Enright, Lonergan, Stokes, McIntosh, Rivers, Mackey. I mean, that's a huge list and, and pretty much uh, half their first 18 who are over 30. So the fall's going to come. I, I think the next group has probably failed to come through a little bit. Christensen's gone, Hunt's gone, Mitch Brown's gone. Um, guys like Caddy, Smets, um, Thurlow have been a little bit disappointing as well. Yeah, they've only got five players on the list aged between 25 and 29, which wow. I think would be concerning. Indeed. If, I feel like with their uh, with their recruiting in the off-season, they're almost reaching just to try and stay at the top, just that little bit extra, just to see if they can you know, sneak another flag out of the list. You know, they got Mitch Clark, which is a big in if he can get himself fit and firing and get his head right. Reece Stanley is a pretty good pick-up for them. Um, they got Sam Bleese. They got uh, Cameron Delaney as well from North Melbourne. Um, and they didn't really lose anyone that uh, that had a big impact in 2014. They lost Christensen, who's a very good player at his best, and Varco uh, the same, and Taylor Hunt as well. But, I mean, neither of those guys uh, really had a big impact last year. I think that's a good spot, Harold. I think, um, yeah, there seems to be a bit of an imbalance now forming on their list, and uh, and I agree, Macca, the over-reliance on their older players is going to come back because there's going to be a little bit of a performance drop-off with those players. Um uh, yeah, look, I think, again, I agree that they've been trying to stall the inevitable and it it just shows that it doesn't matter. It happened to us, it's happened to every team before us and after us. It, eventually, father time catches up with your list and um, there is a bit of a plunge. And I guess at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with that and Geelong supporters will be very happy So uh, with what they've accomplished. So I'm hoping that they come here on a Friday night 
and they get absolutely smashed. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, I think that will happen, actually. I think it's a big chance of happening, yeah? Yeah, they've rightfully had an aura, aura of invincibility about them for, you know, a whole decade, haven't they? And they established a great football culture, and it's had an enviable, enviable run of success and something that I hope we emulate under Ken. But I think, as Rick was saying, we've seen the writing on the wall for a while now, and I think this is the year that the slide starts to occur. I, th- I can see them scraping into the eight, but that'll be just about it. They've got a, a very, very tough draw this year. They the, the teams that they play twice are Hawthorne, Sydney, North Melbourne, Collingwood and Adelaide. Um, that's incredibly tough. And their first seven weeks, it's really going to make or break them, really. They play Hawthorne, Frio, Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Richmond, Collingwood and Sydney. I mean, that is a huge start to the year. If they get a good run on there, I reckon their season's well set up. But I could easily see them, you know, one, one six or two and five going into, going after those games. For sure. And those double up games, you can see them easily losing eight of the ten of them. Yeah. They're quality sides. And also, they've only got they've got like eight instances of six day breaks between games. And with their aging list, as you've mentioned, Maka, you know that could be challenging. You know, towards the end of the season, Indeed. for them to keep backing up all the time. Absolutely. I've got them as being probably the main one that's going to slide out of the eight this year. Um, I've got them still being pretty competitive, but you can't keep winning games by under a kick forever, and they've done it for the last couple of seasons now. I've got them finishing around about 10th. If they do have similar luck to 2014, they could well stay in the eight, but I reckon uh, this is the year that they're going to slide out. Well, I've got an impromptu question for you. If you if you could cherry pick one of their older players out of their list to insert into ours in the 2015 season, who would you be taking? Steve Johnson. Harold. No, I agree. I think, and he's just about the only one because you'll get a couple of years out of him at least. What about Jimmy Bay? Oh, look, Bartell's <laughs> a fantastic mm-hmm. player, but for me, I reckon Johnson would give us that X factor. Would allow mm. Gray so much more freedom, and Johnson would probably win a Norm Smith. Yeah, I think Bartell's more of a team. I don't know. To me, he comes across as more of a team orientated player, though, and insert into a system and uh, and will do what he needs to do. Uh, I always feel like Jimmy um, Steve Jay's a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a bit of a ram, more of a Daniel Motlock type, so to speak. Yeah, I like how he can go in the midfield a bit, though. Yeah, yeah. he has a few more strings to his bow. Yeah, and he is a—he's still a legitimate danger man, isn't he? I mean, he—he he can be a great. He is a game breaker. Yeah, and Kenny loves him, mm. so I think he'd perform well under Ken. Yeah. Look, Friday night at home—it's a huge game. You would expect a full house. Um, you know, we're a huge chance to match our result from 2014. I think in this one, and on face value, I'd be marking that one down as a win. Yep, must win. All right, on to the Gold Coast. Uh, round 22 at Metricon Stadium. We play them this year. Um, last year, we played them late in the year as well for a nine-point win in the wet. A very wet game, that one. Um, you know, I think they're going to be one of the big improvers this year. I'm, I'm marking them down for a spot in the eight. Um, I think they've improved their list quite a lot. Guys like Hallahan and Mauchewski coming in will, will take spots in their first 18 straight away. Um, and the youngsters coming through in Garlett, Wright, and uh, Josh Glenn as well. Um, I think they've recruited really well. Yeah, they're looking dangerous. I think they're a real threat. Mm. I think under under Eat, they'll be uh, less overly reliant on Ablett, and I think they'll be more defensive-minded and aggressive. Mm. Are you snorting there, Rick? 
Yeah, what are you talking about, man? I reckon they're going to be a fantastic side this year. I reckon they're going to be really, really fast on the footy field, and I'm really excited to see what's going on with them this year. <laughs> Don't you think Sam Day is going to be a great player for him this year? He's really going to show up and finally show his true potential with the number three draft pick. Well, look, I think the good thing for the Gold Coast is they haven't really lost anyone from their side who's uh, played a lot of footy in the last few years. I mean, Nathan Bock was almost permanently injured. Hunt fell out of the team last year. Youngsters like Hutchins and... Um, a couple of older fellas like Murphy and Warnock didn't really play a lot of footy. Um, so I think they've really added to their side. I think a new, a new coach um, with a great record of making finals. Ablett's going to be back. Um, yeah, I, I think they're in with a big shot of making the eight finally this year. And Mel Chesk is a huge addition. It is, absolutely. For, for their group where they're at now. He'll be a calming influence back there. You know, he's a great decision maker, beautiful foot skills. I mean, it's a it's a no lose situation for them because he either runs off the leash and, and and gets a lot of the ball, or they put a lot of effort into him and, and trying to shut him down and tagging him, and, and it frees up so many other players in that back line. Oh, for sure. Well, really, um, it's Gold Coast time to shine, really, isn't it? Well, it kind of has to be. I mean, I, I guess a lot of people. I mean, there was always a lot of press about them and. You know, guys like Matt Randell saying, oh, they're going to win six premierships in a row and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, they haven't really looked like it um, at the moment. But you, f- you have a feeling that this year is going to be the year where they're going to make the eight. They've got lots of youngsters coming through. Guys like O'Meara, Lonigan, uh, Kolodashny and Martin are ready to go bang. Um, I think they need to get 22 games or thereabouts from guys like Benno and Matera and Dixon um, and Nichols. Guys who've probably disappointed in their um, ability to stay fit so far. Yeah, so serious, Mackie. You even missed my play on words. But seriously, do we think... Um, I'm a serious time, kind of guy, Rick. Time to shine. Time to shine. Um, you know, Sam Day is a player that's always eternally loved post-season on our board about coming back. Is he actually going to show some true potential this year? Do you think this is his year to, to kick on and, and really deliver for his high rate? rating in the in the draft and his uh, potential? I think he's been a steady player. I think uh, it looks like he's going to be playing down back a lot this year. He's training with the defensive group. Uh, maybe it will be. Maybe he will lock down a full-back or a centre-half pack position and, and really make a name for himself this year. Yeah, they've got a great start to the season, a dream start really, because yeah. they're only playing one finalist from last year in the first eight rounds. Yep. So you'd think they win the majority of those games and they get a lot of confidence and they set up the season. And I, I reckon they're definitely going to have a shot at the finals. Yep. You know, you, you'd, they'd want Ablett there. I think when Ablett's there, they believe they can do anything. So they've also got, you know, favourable double-up games. You know, Sydney, Adelaide, West Coast, Brisbane, GWS. It's a and good so, run. It's a good yeah. run. I mean, they played the bottom four in the first five weeks. So they've, you know, the, the AFL's given them a, a big chance of going off with a bang at the start of the year. Um, Ablett's going to be the huge one, and uh, whether he can come back and stay fit. I mean, they won just one game versus the Spooner where they're at him last year. So, um, you know, I don't think they've got any excuses this year. They need to make the eight. I've got them finishing around about seventh and winning 12 games. Um, and I think this uh, late-season game where we play them away from home is going to be a very, very tough game. You know, it might make, it might mean finals for them, and it might mean top four for us. Indeed, this is the sort of game, you know, we have to win. We haven't lost at Metricon, 
and it's a must-win game against a, you know a finals competitor. So we put them on the back step, and hopefully, you know, we give ourselves a, a better shot of finishing as high as possible. But I agree, it's going to be tough. Mm. What about you, Rick? It's too far away. I mean, how we, it's really hard to know. I'd be hoping that we can get a win, but I mean monsoonal rain like uh, 2014 and really it's anyone's game um, so we don't know what the weather's going to deliver in Gold Coast and look I think they're going to like you said they're going to be a big mover um, in, this season with their with their list and the natural evolution so it's not going to be an easy game whatsoever so based on last year's form yeah we should we should probably win but away from home different elements and, and everything else, injuries at that time of the season um, to either team could be the key difference. And I'm really excited to see what Gold Coast can deliver. I'm a lot more optimistic about them than probably the next team we're going to be talking about. Well, let's move on to them. Greater Western Sydney, we play them late in the year as well, round 20 at Adelaide Oval. Um, I think it's the first time we're playing them at home, so that'll be interesting. Uh, last year, we played them in round seven and won by 37 points away from home in another wet and miserable day. Um, look, they've gone through probably the biggest change of any club, really. I mean, they've they've gained Griffin, they've gained Patful. That's two massive ins for them. And they picked up Pickett and Marchbank um, in the draft, Ahern as well. Um, but look, they lost, uh, they lost Boyd, um, which is a huge loss for them for their future. They lost O'Rourke, who was a number two draft pick. They've lost Giles, who was a very good backup ruckman. Um, they've lost Frost, they've lost Gillum, they've lost Jakes. They've lost a lot of players. Yeah, any other club, you just say they were a basket case, mm. wouldn't you? But... Well, they are a basket case. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but they're the <laughs> AFL's darling, so... No. I think that's part of their problem. They don't get to, There's not enough uh, critical scrutiny of that group. Mm. They could become one of those clubs that always have an excuse for not you know, performing to the best of their ability. I, I think they've arguably got a better list than Gold Coast, but they just look nowhere near it at the moment. I mean, they're, they're just not getting the best out of their players. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they have another poor year and only win three or four games again, whether guys like Trelaw and Shiel, um decide to uh, pack up and go home. They, they've got a lot of their best youngsters um, out of contract at the end of this year. Yeah, they're a top draft pick factory almost, aren't they? You know, they get, you know, three or four draft picks in and then three or four draft picks leave. So Pretty much. They're not really advancing. Yep. But you'd, you'd think they'd probably miss the beat a little bit with their senior players um, that they've selected. I don't think they've been as influential um, to their side. And, uh, yeah, they, they seem to lack a little bit of direction. And, look, it's always going to be tough there. And it's probably tough to generate passion at that club, you know, with such little support and, you know, it's, yeah, it's a tough market to break into, but it's, it makes sense. I can understand why they have to do it. And, um, I guess we just have to keep watching and seeing. And Harold, I don't really care if they're a bit of a basket case, because that means there's always going to be someone less than us if we ever get in a run again. No, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about any of the other clubs. To the truth, but hey. mm. yeah. Look, they rely so heavily on Cameron to kick goals. They need more support for him. Patton's injured. I'm not sure when he's going to be coming back. Cameron McCarthy looks like he's been training down back. He might be a, a, a bit of a go. And Stewart's uh, young and promising as well. I also think they lack a bit of leadership, as you said. I, I'm not sure they've got the best out of the the uh, the developed players that they picked up at the start of their history. 
Um, I thought they made the right choice in going for a, a bunch of younger guys like like Warden and Scully, but um, outside of Ward, they probably haven't really delivered. No, Scully's vice-captain, I think, too, yeah. isn't he? Probably and the either. most expensive flop in the AFL history, I'd say. No. And even no. Griffin, I'm not sure about his leadership skills after, you know, the way he left uh, the Western Bulldogs last year. Yeah, but is that his is that his fault or is that the Bulldogs upper management and coaching panels fault? I think they it's easy to lay blame at Ryan, but I think there's probably a bit of blame going on everywhere and uh you know, maybe he just wanted to get out. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough point. I think he did want to get out, but yeah. still I don't know if he was a great leader at the Bulldogs either. But hey, we'll yeah. find out. I thought he didn't really want to be a leader. Well no, he didn't. He didn't. He was he was more of an accidental leader or fill-in leader. Yeah. So yeah, from the interviews I read and heard, it, he yeah just didn't really seem to be the guy that wanted that. Yeah. So my point remains, though, you know, whether they'll get much leadership from him. No, oh, they'll get a bloody yeah. good player. Mm. Well, there's no doubt about that. As long as his back's good. Well, that's the other thing is you know, he's in his twilight years now, so it won't get any easier. And they're going to be relying heavily on Patton and um, Cameron, aren't they? Patton was injured. Is injured, yeah. And Cameron was injured last year too. And played know, a lot down his, back, Cameron last year. Yeah, he wasn't his effective self, really, was he? Mm. Not as good as he can be. Well, look, I think they need to improve. I think they will improve. Uh, not enough to get near the finals, but I think they're probably good for about six to eight wins this year. Yeah, I think they'll be about fifteenth again, something around there. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon they'll suck. And I would be hoping for a big, uh, a big, big win on the eve of the finals, just like we did against Carlton last year. What What's the fixture, Mecca? Round twenty. Yeah. Is that a Sunday game? Mm, not sure. Will it, will uh, it be in Saturday. A... It's a Saturday game. Saturday, Arvo. What time is it? Um, yes, four oh five twilight. So I, wonder, I wonder if it'll be in a, a bit of an attendance tester that game, or will we pull a big crowd? Could be, could be. Hopefully, coming into the finals, we want to smell blood, uh, see the opposition get torn apart. Should uh, you know, afternoon. I really like the afternoon games at Adelaide Oval. I, uh, I like the ability to be able to either go out for lunch beforehand or dinner afterwards, or do both. Um, so I'm a big fan. So I'll definitely be there. Yep, I'll be there. Well, look, talking about uh, tearing opposition apart, and we, I think we all agree we would love to do that with this next team, which is Hawthorne, who we played twice in 2015. We play round four at Adelaide Oval on the Anzac Day uh, clash, and then round 21 at, at Eddie Had on a Friday night, which is a bit bizarre. Um, last year, we played them twice, two absolute cracking games, two of the best games of the year. We played them at home and won by 14 points then obviously played them away in the prelim final with that uh, devastating loss by three points. Um, they've added a, a fantastic player to their list in Frawley to their list. That's going to shore up their defence as well. I'm not sure what that means to someone like uh, Sean Makers, who might be uh, left out a little bit. Um, they've added O'Rourke, who's been a little bit disappointing at GWS, but you know you never know, he might uh, come good um, at Hawthorne as well. And they've lost a, a really good experienced player in Brad Sewell. Um, they've lost Hallahan, who was ready to go, and Chaney and Loudon as backup as well. Um, I think it's pretty clear they're still at the top of their game. They've still got so many stars on every line, um, but it's probably their last real serious crack at top spot on a flag, in my opinion. 
Oh, no, they keep uh, regenerating themselves, and they're probably doing a little bit better than what um, what Geelong is, to be honest. And mm. I think um, I think they're going to be right up there whilst Hodge and uh, Mitchell are around. I think, um, yeah, even though it's SANFL, I'll use the Gowan boys as a as an example, um, you know, with centrals. And there's always there's always a couple of players which are the fabric and the heart and soul of a, of a footy side that can keep giving them the drive. And uh, I think Mitchell and Hodge are those two players. They're just fantastic, experienced players and um, they really set an example and they, and they just command um, excellence from, the, uh, from their footy team. And, yeah, while they're kicking, I, I think they're always going to be around the mark in, in top four and, yeah, post this year on, post-Buddy, it will be interesting. I mean, Jack Gunston's proven to be a, a great player and filled in the void. And uh, with Roughhead, who's also another great player, they're, you know, they're strong at the back, they're strong at the front, and they've got a solid midfield, so they, they're definitely going to be hard to beat. Yeah, this this year, I don't know about the future, what the future holds, but this year they're definitely uh, premiership favourites. Yeah. And deservedly so. Yeah, deservedly. They've got a very tough run. They play uh, Port, Sydney, Geelong, Essendon and Carlton twice. But it's a well-spaced-out draw. There's no real hard run of games like what we've got at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. You can't really see them falling out of the top four unless some sort of injury disaster happens. Um, and look, look, I'm pretty sure they'll be most likely top two again. How do we see the results going um, against them? We play them, obviously, one early and one late in the year. Where's the away game? The away games that Eddie had late in the year. Well, I'm going to go one and one then. Yeah, I'm going to say we'll win at home and lose away. Um, Hawthorne are just about impossible to beat in Melbourne, um, and I'm not sure we will be able to do it late in the season either. Yeah, that's the most likely scenario, isn't it? How often do they play at Etihad? Do you know? Not very often. Yeah, not very, but we still suck there, Harold. Yep. No, there's no doubt about it, but um, look, I, I agree. I think one and one would probably be a pretty good result for us, but... You never know, on the eve of the finals, we could really... As you said, it's hard to predict what's going to happen that late in the season. Yeah. But I think we're, if we're one of the teams that are capable of beating them, mm. away or at home. I think we're a big chance. We're definitely a big chance. And, you know, if we lose in the first, uh, in the first outing, um, I would expect us to get a little bit of revenge late in the year. So who's the um, if you could choose to pull one player out of the side for for the for the year against our for our two, three games um, during the season, um, who would you take out of their side? Every time, Jared Ruffhead. He kills us every time we play him. Big uh, Harry, very very versatile Ruffhead. I, and, I mean, I like Gunston, but I think Ruffhead because he can. Go it, as well. Even though I said Hodge and, Mitch, Hodge and Mitchell, I would go with uh, Roughhead as well. And I guess who's our who's going to be our matchup for Roughhead then this year? Who who do we run with him to try and negate him as much as possible? Uh, it's got to be Trengove, I reckon. And if Big he goes Jackson. into the ruck, I'd love to see Ryder sort of do a bit of a, a following job. Well, you'd think that. If Ryder went into the ruck against him, he'd just jump all over the top of him, surely. Mm. Well, Ruffhead's got a very good leap, and they're around about the same height. Mm. Yeah, I use a variety of players, depending on where Ruffhead is. But I agree, you know, uh, Trengrove down back would be first option. Well, moving on, we'll talk about Melbourne. Uh, We play them once, uh, which is round nine at TIO Stadium. Um, 
we played them twice in 2014 for a 20-point win and a three-point win in round 18, which was uh, Dom Cassisi's last game. And we didn't really come to play against them last year, but look, I'm, I'm hoping for a better Melbourne this year with a better game plan, a more attacking game plan. I think they've brought in six players that are just going to walk into their first 18, guys like Lumumba, Garlett, uh, Frost, Newton, good old Benny Newton, uh, and uh, and Brayshaw as well. Sadly, Petraka's done his knee, uh, so he's out for the year, which is pretty devastating. Yeah, they would have seen him as their Ollie Wines almost, wouldn't they? Yeah. Big body, skillful first player would, you know, contribute in any game he played. But no, that's a real blow. I think I would have loved seeing him play when he wasn't playing us too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're all of the same opinion. We don't want to see any player um, suffer from injury, no matter how um, um, sucky they are. But um, yeah, yeah, that was terrible to watch last year. They were. Yeah. They were. Well, they were just so defensive, and they play yeah. just this boring, uh, you know, possession style football with short kicks. It was like watching. Um, I don't know. It was it was like watching tempo football for every week for a hundred percent of the time. It was just yeah, it wasn't wasn't very good to watch. But uh, and in the end, it didn't really turn out all that well for them. But I guess it's that theory where you have got to teach a club defence first, and then you can work on the attack later. Well, that's what I was just about to ask. Do you boys think that maybe Ruse is going to unleash the shackles a little bit um, this year compared to last year? Well, they'll, they'll have doors, hopefully, for the whole year. They've got Jesse Hogan, who hasn't played a game yet, but obviously he's one of the one of the, the potentially best young uh, key forwards in the game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I think they're growing a very talented list on paper. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of um, of whether they can get these, uh, these forward-line players um, delivering um, and kicking goals, and also if their midfield actually stands up. Yeah, despite their numerous failures with the early draft selections, they've still got some classy young players. Is, and in yeah. that midfield, you know, Tyson, Salem can probably go in there, so, and Viney. So, and with the players that you mentioned that they've added to the group, they're looking a lot better. Yeah. Whether that will, you know, eventuate into success on field is another matter. Mm. Well, I they've got a good draw. On early. They've got a good draw. They've got a couple of tough runs, but nothing too... Uh, nothing too dangerous. They play Western Bulldogs and Kilda and GWS twice, so that's a that's a good run for them. Um, I think they're going to improve, and you know they've got a better midfield group, a better forward line, um, a tighter defence. I've got them on around about eight wins and finishing around about thirteenth or fourteenth. Yeah, I think maybe just a bit below, but anything can happen. That's it. Yeah, I um. I'm not really interested to see them play this year. I'm sure they'll still suck and they're going to be boring. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't really care where they finish as long as it's below us because if they're above us, we've had a pretty horrendous <laughs> year. Yeah, that's not wrong. Stop it. I'm pretty sure we're going to win uh, quite comfortably against Melbourne this year. I would hope so. They don't really scare me too much, but maybe they should because they pushed us twice last year. Yeah, we were in a really low place in the second half of the season when we played them and... I think we had a few players out against them. We, we weren't at the top of our game either when we played them in Canberra. I think we were just cruising that day. Yeah. I think Newton was in, and I think um, Moore came on and went straight back off again because he was injured. Yep, that's right. Well, I'd be marking that one down as a win, I would hope. Yes, yeah, a must win if we're going to play. Must win. If we're Absolutely. serious, that we got to win that game and, and win it quite well, I think. Well, look, on to the last club that we will be previewing tonight, which is North Melbourne. 
Obviously, they had such a great year last year. Um, they made the prelim. We played them once this year. Round three again at Etihad Stadium. Um, mm. We played them in the corresponding fixture there last year and lost by seven points after leading by around about four goals uh, reasonably late in the game, I guess. Um, I don't really see them having a dream run like they had last year. They had a great run in terms of their fixture. They had a great run in terms of injuries. Um, you know, They won a lot of close games as well. Um but you have a feeling that they really are trying to push for a flag. They've brought in Jared Waite and Sean Higgins, which are two fantastic ins. They've unfortunately lost a former port boy, Levi Greenwood, which is a big out for them as well. Yeah, he was in the best form of his career Indeed. at that stage. And yep. The trouble with Higgins and Waite, I agree, they're good players, but they tend to miss large chunks of just about every season they play. They do. Mm. And they'll be banking on them, turning those injury woes and in Waite's case, his additional disciplinary issues around. Yeah, they were remarkably flaky, you know, for a club, you know, with the so-called shimboness spirit. Mm. Uh, you know, last year they lost to so many teams below them on the ladder that they really yeah. shouldn't have. Yeah. I think if they turn that around, they'll, they should be top four because they've got a dream draw as far as their double-up games. They've definitely got the easiest of all, the, of all last year's preliminary finalists. Easiest draw. Yeah. I think they need more from their second string tools. Guys like Aaron Black and, uh, and Robbie Tarrant need to stand up this year if they're going to have a, a big chance at a premiership. Definitely. And, and I think Goldstein's just about the most important player too. Yeah. They can't afford to lose him. Yeah. I just want us <laughs> to beat North, to be honest. I just <laughs> hate losing to North Melbourne. My... My friend who owns the coffee shop next door is a North Melbourne supporter, and it uh, it hurts me every year. So, um, and look, they're a solid they're a solid unit. I mean, the AFL is a great competition. There's you know there is legitimately eight to ten teams that can cause issues and upset teams that want to win. So, and North Melbourne's one of those teams, and obviously their supporters might be thinking about the same as us um, about us that you know they mm. should be too good for us, and you know we could be a nuisance team. So. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get with North Melbourne, though, do you? They, they've, all, they've been inconsistent um, and haven't really delivered um, as much as what they should have. And, yeah, I think they're, they're pushing hard, sort of a last grasp. Their, their list is mature and um, there's a bit of balance. I don't know if uh, recruiting Jared Waite's going to help them or not. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be an interesting game, that's for sure. Indeed. Yeah, we wiped out a lot of uh, hoodoos and got a lot of monkeys off our back last year, as you mentioned, Macca, about Geelong, and I'm hoping that this year it was going to be North Melbourne. hope so. I think they'll probably finish... I think they'll still make the eight. I've got them on a, around about 12 wins and sneaking in on percentage. I just don't see them having a dream run like last year, but I think they've got the talent just to ensure that they get to the eight and, you know, whatever happens there happens. Um, in terms of the result, I want payback. I want us to kick the last, kick a goal with the last kick of the the day with uh, Ben Jacobs falling on the goal line where he could have smothered or something like that, and and they're getting a little bit of revenge. Yeah, I'd love a one point win, but I'd take a forty five point win. I'd take that. I'd like to be comfortable and relax and enjoy the win. Yeah. On that note. On that note. Well, look, let's talk about Port Adelaide a bit now, uh, which is the subject of this podcast. And obviously, we've got the family day in the internal trial this Friday afternoon, which opens at 4.30. The game starts at 5.30. Um, I guess the question is, guys, are you going to be there and what are you hoping to see? 
Yes, I'll be there. I'm a diehard, diehard Port fan and uh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And I'm expecting to see a very uh, imbalanced game between a very strong side and uh, a, a very youthful side up against them. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Not quite as excited as my eldest daughter who's been counting down the days for about, you know, three months or something for this, <laughs> this night. But it's going to be brilliant and I'm, I want to see people fighting for their spots because, you know, there's only 22 positions there and I think we've got a, a number of talented players that surely want to be part of this squad because there's a great opportunity there this year for this uh, group of players. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing... Um, how a bunch of fringe guys go like Andrew Moore and Cam O'Shea to see if they've improved a little bit this year. Um, but the, I guess the thing that I'm always keen to see on these sorts of days is the young guys on display. You know, I, I really want to see how guys like Amon, Archie, uh, Mason Shaw, Mitch Harvey, Tom Cleary have improved both physically um, and also their game smarts as well. Um, and it would also be good to see a, a few of the new recruits in action. I, I would like to get a look at uh, Logan Austin and, uh, and Dougal Howard as well. Yeah, is Dougal the only fit one, though? Uh, it's possible, yeah. Hopefully one or two of the others sort of uh, bob up for a little bit. Yeah, I hope so. You never know. What I've seen of training, they're, they're quite impressive. Well, Jesse Palmer was quite impressive. He shows a yeah. little bit, so... I like Dougal. I think he's a real goer. But, you know, he's raw. Very mm. raw. Well, I mean, I mean, what are you really going to get out of this game? Because it's mates playing against mates, um... You know, it's more a uh, a festivity, isn't it? Sort of an event more than uh, a serious hit out. Well, that's how I look at it anyway. So, yeah. uh, it's a bit of Matt's simulation for the players, though, and we'll see a bit of you know the style that they want to play. So, I agree with you. I, look, uh, I think last year, if you if you think back, we saw Benny Newton really improve, and he had such a good internal trial, and and you got a sense that he was going to carry that through the year, and. I guess he did in some ways. And guys like Kane Mitchell and Sam Gray, it was good to see them in action. Um, and also some of the new Magpies recruits as well. Um, they got a good run last year as well. Yeah, and last year, you know, we saw uh, Pollock for the first time. And this year, we've got big Paddy Ryder. And so, you know, it's worth going for it just to see Paddy. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And give him a bit of support and welcome him to the, uh, to the community. Um, but, yeah, you know, all the fringe players, I think they're the ones you want to look at. I don't know the experienced ones. I want to see how Hamish is looking this preseason, mm. um, how fit he is, how durable he is. And, you know, he, the, this last season was his breakout year in, in relation to his durability and, and avoiding the bulk of the injuries that he sustained before in previous seasons. So I'm really hoping we can get maybe a 25-game um, consistent season from uh, Hamish. Actually, sorry, I'll correct that. 26 games, isn't it? 25 before we win our way through I tell you what which I would hope that we do yeah if he's there for all 26 we're a good shot Mm, absolutely and of course it would be great to see Nathan Cracker our 2015 player sponsor uh, out on the park as well indeed I can't wait to see my buddy Carl Amon Carl Amon I'll be cheering him hard I'm sure you will Harold (laughs) I won't be getting as close to him as you will be with Jasper though (laughs) you say that now (laughs) <laughs> I, heard, I, I heard you've got some quiet stalking abilities in you. Uh huh. No, my daughter does question my support for him. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we might leave it there for this week. I can't wait. 
dulcet tones. Usually I hate listening to any podcasts I've been on, but I can't wait to hear what you sound like. <laughs> Can you uh, sing Love Me Tender by Elvis Presley, Macca? I'm not a oh. fan of Elvis. Yeah. I love think... me tender, love me true. Oh, no. Here we go. Come on, Macca. No. No. I think we're trying to gain listeners, Rick, not uh, not lose them. <laughs> Come on. I think funny. you've got the voice, though, Macca. Yeah. Rick's got, got the, uh, the dulcet tones here. <laughs> dulcet doorstep. Doorstep tones. <laughs> Where you lock me out the front door and tell me to shut up. Pretty much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for your support, buddy. Appreciate it. Anytime. And you too, Carol. Uh, no worries, mate. Yeah. All right, boys. Until next time. Good work. Calm the pair. Yeah, come on that pair. Go port. <laughs> He's got to keep his feet. Corn's just worried him out of it. Slips a handball to Treadray. Back turn. Well done. Little give. This might be it. Corn's Treadray. Pierce. Yes. All right. Yes, do. Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. Okay. Hi, this is Macca19, and this is the Bigfooty Port Adelaide podcast. Oh, yeah. You sound Can I do it like that for the whole podcast? I, I bet you can started. Do I it. Bet you, I bet you can't do it for the whole podcast. No, I would last about five seconds and give up. <clears throat> It'd be high rating. It would. It would. Guaranteed high ratings. Yep. Not sure with who, but uh, someone. <laughs>